Hello, and welcome to the She Flourishes podcast, a weekly soul-stirring conversation that lifts you out of the funk and into the flourishing life, so you can live life as the best version of you. I'm your host, Brenda Jasmine. For the past 11 years, I've been coaching women and leading personal development workshops as a speaker and mindset coach. She Flourishes is an extension of those workshops and conversations and is designed to help you create the flourishing life that you were meant to live. Let's get started. Hi there, here we are, it's winter. And this is the time of year when the holidays are well behind us. And here in Canada, there is still a long stretch of winter ahead of us. And so I thought today I would talk about what we can do to boost our mood during these long winter months and what we can do to embrace winter. And before you roll your eyes and say, what is she talking about embracing winter? Um, Hear me out because I actually, you know, as an adult, I wasn't someone who was necessarily embracing winter. So, and and now I am. And so I wanna talk to you a little bit about what that has looked like for me. And I'm gonna share with you today six tips that you can try out to really help you to beat those winter blues or those winter blahs and help you to enjoy this winter and dare I even say flourish during the winter months. So let me tell you a little bit about where I am coming from this. And I do know that I do annoy people when I talk about winter, and but I really am on a mission to try and get people to embrace winter. And I have friends that, you know, they're like, they really hate the cold and really hate the winter. And I will tell you what my experience is. So first of all, I, as a kid, I loved winter. And I grew up in the snow belt in a little town called Godrich, and it was near Lake Huron, so we got tons of snow in the winter. And, you know, one year there was even so much snow. This was not when I was in school, um, but there was so much snow that one of the schools just outside of Godrich, like there was so much snow, they got snowed in and the kids had to stay overnight at the elementary school and they had to like use snowmobiles to get like food and supplies to um, these kids that had to stay at school overnight. So there was a lot of snow there growing up. I don't know. I I think these days with climate change, um, just like here, you know, um, I live just outside of Toronto now. There's maybe not quite as much snow, but I grew up, you know, tobogganing and like maybe you did, um, tobogganing, making snow forts, having snowball fights, skating, cross-country skiing, uh, just really, you know, um, having no shortage of winter activities. And then when I moved to the city, um, I didn't participate in as many winter activities. And one of the things too, you know, growing up in Godrich, we actually, um, that's actually uh, cross-country ski country is what they call it. There's a lot of cross-country ski trails where I grew up. And so my family um, 
we, my mom and dad and my brother and sister and I, like our whole family used to go cross-country skiing together. And I remember being like five years old and I had these little plastic, I think they were like these red, these bright red plastic skis that I learned how to cross-country ski on. And I, I just loved it. And so fast forward to um, as an adult, I wasn't you know, playing in the snow anymore. The only thing I was doing was, you know, like most of us, I was, you know, shoveling the driveway, um, you know, getting all the snow off my car with a snow brush, driving in icy, snowy weather. And I get it. Like if that's your only experience of winter is just trying to get from, you know, one place to another with the minimum amount of time outside and you're just dealing with all the not so fun stuff of winter, like like shoveling. And and I know some people like shoveling. I don't necessarily love that. But if that's all you're doing, um, then no, I, I get it. Winter is not fun. And so 10 years ago, I decided in my with my kids being young, I wanted us to embrace winter. And even though I grew up cross-country skiing, I had, when I, um, when I was 15 years old, I had learned how to downhill ski during this trip to Quebec um, that we did uh, to saint Donat, Quebec when I was 15 years old. And I learned how to downhill ski, not very well, but learned how to do it. And I'd always wanted, I'd, I'd only been a few times in my 20s um, since I learned when I was a teenager. And I had always wanted to really learn how to downhill ski. So 10 years ago, I signed, we signed the kids up for ski lessons. I signed up for skiing lessons. My husband grew up in Montreal. He's an amazing skier. He grew up downhill skiing. So he didn't need lessons, but the rest of us uh, started taking lessons at this little um, club called Glen Eden, not far from our, about 30 minutes from our house, not even. And we decided to you know, spend our weekends with the kids in lessons that kind of forced us, right, to get out at least one day on a weekend and get out skiing and enjoying the weather. Well, I have to say that that was a game changer for us. We spent more time outdoors. We really enjoyed that time. It was family time. And I know it's not for everyone. Um, it's kind of an extreme sort of sport. Um, not everyone wants to be, you know, racing down a steep hill on skis. But uh, for us, that's something we really enjoyed. And so I invite you to think about, you know, is there something you could maybe do outdoors in the winter? And it can be walking or hiking. It can be skating in one of those outdoor skating rinks. It, there's lots of things that you can do. Uh, snowshoeing, right? There's things that you can do that maybe aren't as risky and, and scary as downhill skiing might might be. So I'm going to share with you six tips for embracing winter and beating those winter blahs that might show up this time of year. But before I do that, I also just want to clarify. So I did mention the winter blues or the winter blahs. There is actually a, a clinical condition called seasonal affective disorder. And that's not what I'm talking about here. You've probably heard of it. It's also known as SAD. So 
um, which is, is aptly called SAD, right? Seasonal Affective Disorder. And what it is, is it's a type of depression that affects people. Uh, some people get affected by a change in season. So um, oftentimes winter can trigger it in people. Um, they don't really know what causes it for sure, um, but they do think that um, the darker days and, and less sunlight could uh, sort of trigger um, trigger that that type of depression. So I just want to clarify here too between uh, a few different things. So I'm calling the winter blahs uh, just kind of you know what what shows up for most people where you kind of feel like maybe a little more tired during the winter. You kind of feel like you want to hibernate and just be cozy at home. So you know, and that's like a non-clinical condition, just that maybe not feeling as energetic and maybe not feeling, um, you know, your mood may not be as good or, you know, you may not feel like you're as happy, um, just you're kind of maybe feeling a little bit low, but it's not a clinical condition, just, you know, that winter, just sort of that cold, long winter can get some of us down. So that's what I'm talking about here in this podcast. But there is something called the winter blues, and that affects 15% of Canadians. And that's a wave of low emotions that come with these cold and dark days. And you might feel you need to sleep a bit longer. You might want to indulge in more comfort food. Um, They say you might want to spend more time with Netflix than with your friends or your family. And, you know, it's only 15% of Canadians that experience the winter blues. And so I thought that number seemed a little bit low, just in thinking about when people, you know, you talk to fellow Canadians about the winter. So I'm thinking this idea of calling the winter blahs, not the winter blues. Um, I think that might be what some of us experience, maybe not all winter, but, you know, if there's been a long stretch, especially like we've recently had a long stretch without a lot of sunlight, um, people can maybe start to not feel quite as energetic and their mood might be a little bit lower. So there's the winter blues, and then there's something called seasonal affective disorder, as I mentioned. And so this is also known as SAD, a widely researched condition of regularly occurring depression in the winter season. Um, it can also occur in the fall or the summer, um, but typically it's it's more in the winter, especially you know the further away you are, countries that are further away from the equator, they have instances of seasonal affective disorder. And um, it can be treated though. And so if you think you're a person who might be experiencing seasonal affective disorder, you should talk to your doctor or mental health professional, and they can help determine whether you have seasonal affective disorder or not. And treatment can include light therapy, uh, counseling or psychotherapy, and um, medication they have found might be helpful in some instances as well. And sometimes they use a combination of all three. So this podcast is really not dealing with seasonal affective disorder. It's dealing more with just, you know, your garden variety uh, winter blahs where you maybe just don't feel quite as energetic um, during the winter months. Or you just might feel like, you know, when I say embrace winter, you might think, oh, I just want winter to be over and you maybe don't enjoy winter. And so we're talking about some ideas, um, things you can do to boost your mood this winter and boost your energy as well. 
There is also, interestingly enough, and I just found this part out, is that there's something called winter tiredness. That's a condition that happens when our bodies increase the output of melatonin in our brains. And melatonin is that hormone that makes us feel sleepy. And so, and it's produced when there's less light and more darkness. And so when the sun is setting earlier and the days are shorter, more melatonin is created and we do feel tired more often. And so there are some of these things I'm gonna be talking about, these six tips. They are some of the lifestyle changes that can really help to um, combat this winter tiredness that people experience. So even though as humans, we don't hibernate, um, a friend said to me the other day, she said, I feel like hibernating. And I said, yeah, sometimes when that cold weather hits, we do, right? We feel like we just want to go curl up under a blanket and be warm. And we do feel more tired. I found when the, the clocks changed that I was feeling more tired. And even just recently, I was sleeping more. And so I think it is those shorter days that are causing that. Okay, so let's jump in to the six tips for boosting your mood and embracing winter. So number one is to get outdoors. And I know the last thing you might wanna do is go outside in the cold, but just stay with me on this. So when we go outdoors, the advantage, there's many advantages, but one of them is that we are getting exposure to daylight. Um, ideally, it's exposure to sunlight, but here we don't always get a lot of sun in the winter. So even if it's not sunny, just being exposed to daylight is actually really good for us because as I mentioned with the melatonin, um, that can really mess with our internal clocks. And so if we can get out and get that daylight, that can really help us, um, that can really help us and, and it can help us as well with our sleep cycle as well. So they also say that if you can't get outside, um, it's good to have your curtains open, your blinds open. If you can sit near a window, that's really helpful. So the more daylight you can get, get as much daylight as possible in the winter because those days are shorter. The more daylight you can get, the better. The other advantage to getting outdoors the fresh air is amazing for us, but often we're being active outdoors. Now, not necessarily, like if getting outdoors, if all you can do is go out on your back deck or your front porch and, you know, experience the daylight and take a few deep breaths, that's better than nothing. But even like ideally you want to be, you know, getting a walk around the block. And so typically or a minimum of a walk around the block if you can. So getting outdoors is often something that you know, once you're out there, you're usually walking or doing something active, ideally. And that leads me to tip number two, which is physical activity. So in the winter, it can help you to boost your mood if you exercise daily or move your body daily. And it can, this can be indoors or outdoors. So if you really don't want to, um, you know, if you want, if you're, aren't really keen on winter sports, you can go to the gym or if you have, you know, a stationary bike or a treadmill in your home or, you know, you pull out your yoga mat and do some stretches, 
physical activity has been shown to boost your mood, boost your energy. Those endorphins, they give us that natural lift and they make us feel more energetic. So even if you can just start small and get some physical activity in, that will make a big difference and will be really good for not just your not just overcoming the winter blahs and helping you to embrace winter, but it'll help you to manage your health as well. Number three is sleep. So I talked about the melatonin production. It makes you more tired. And so we want to sleep more, but we have to be careful with this one because too much sleep can actually make your winter blues or winter blahs worse because it makes you wake up and even though you've had a lot of sleep, you feel kind of groggy. So the recommendation is that we get regular sleep during the winter. So most adults, the ideal they say is usually seven to eight hours. Everyone's a little bit different, but what we ideally want to be doing is going to the bed, at, going to bed at the same time and waking up at the same time and not oversleeping. So that's number three is getting enough sleep and getting regular sleep and not too much sleep because we often will feel like we want that sleep. And I was doing this a couple of weeks ago. I was think I got like, you know, a couple of nights, I got like nine hours sleep and I thought, oh, my body must really need this. And, you know, I'm probably, you know, making up for, you know, lost sleep along the way. And then I was reading that actually, yeah, too much sleep. Um, you know, we actually might want, feel like we want it, but it's not ideal. Tip number four is to invite more fun into your life. So really get intentional and think, what would make this winter more fun? Dr. Elaine Spungen talks about this and she recommends doing something like planning a game night or a comedy night outing or planning a fun Friday and or doing something maybe that you haven't done before. So maybe, you know, taking up a new hobby, learning a new language, uh, signing up for a cooking class, learning how to knit, uh, maybe planning a weekend getaway, spending time in nature, um, learning some sort of new skill. Lots of different things we can do to invite more fun. And she also recommends, and I love this idea, is choosing a theme for the winter. So, you know, what do you want to invite more of into your life this winter? So it could be more fun, um, but maybe there's a theme or something you want to embrace this winter that will help to make it a more interesting and exciting time of year. And remember too, our brains love novelty. So doing something like, you know, something different out of the norm and maybe, you know, go bowling or do indoor mini golf or, you know, I don't know, get together with a friend and watch a movie, um, lots of different things that you can do. So invite some more fun into your life and maybe get really, you know, purposeful and intentional and even have a theme for your winter. Tip number five is to spend time with other people. And I've talked to you about this before in the podcast. If you've listened, if you're a new listener, you may not have heard this, but research is showing that the best predictor of whether we are happy or not is our social relationships. So the happiness researchers and well-being researchers are finding again and again that relationships are really key. So spending time with other people 
will really help us to flourish. And in the winter, we do. We want to hibernate sometimes and we want to isolate ourselves. We don't maybe feel like going out and, and or even bothering to make plans. But it is really important to spend time with other people, ideally with you know people that lift you up, right? People that when you are hanging out with them and afterwards you feel like you've been uplifted after hanging out with them. And if you are a person who, you know, getting through the winter is tough for you and you have the winter blues or maybe you do have experienced seasonal affective disorder, let your friends know that, you know, winters can be tough for you or, or even one trusted friend, right? Let them know winters can be tough and let them know how you're doing and what they can do to support you and help you to get through the winter. Tip number six is really fun. And this could also tie into being your theme for the winter. And that is to adopt a huga lifestyle. And you might be saying a, a what a what lifestyle, uh, a huga lifestyle. And that is spelled H-Y-G-G-E. And you may have heard of it. This is the Danish word for, it's, it's, it's an interesting word. There isn't an English equivalent. There's not a, f- an, a full translation. But really what it is, it's, the, it's this quality of coziness and feeling at home, feeling safe. Um, oftentimes it's being with other people that you know, like, and trust. And, you know, feeling that they're, you know, it's a friendly, welcoming environment. And it's really comfortable and really cozy. The official definition of huga is a cozy quality that makes a person feel content and comfortable. It invokes and fosters a sense of coziness, contentment, and well-being. So it's this feeling you get, right? This warm and cozy atmosphere, and it gives you this feeling of contentment and well-being. You feel happy and comfortable, and it's just this really great feeling that they Um, really embrace in the country of Denmark. And there is a book by um, a man by the name of Mike Wiking, and it's called The Little Book of Huga. And he's also recently written a book, I think it's called My Huga Home. And it's, he has, he is actually the CEO of the Happiness Research Institute in Copenhagen. And they take a scientific approach to studying happiness. They look at all the data and they figure out what it is that helps to make people happy. And Denmark has consistently ranked among the happiest countries in the world. Even though they have terrible weather and some of the highest tax rates, they are known for being one of the happiest countries, according to the World Happiness Report. Uh, Some years they get first place, Last year in 2023, they were second place, second to Finland. And if you're wondering, Canada scores um, in 2023, we were number 13, and uh, the US was 15, and the UK was number 19 on this in this World Happiness Report. So Huga is about creating this atmosphere. So it's not really a, an external thing. It's this feeling. It's this internal psychological coziness. And I love the description that Mike Wiking gives in his book where he says that 
uh, there were a, there was a small group of them. They had rented a cabin and they were, you know, they'd gone out hiking and when they were tired after hiking and they came in and they got, you know, cozy by the fire. They're wearing, you know, big sweaters and woolen socks. And uh, he described it as, you know, the only sound you could hear was stew boiling on the stove and someone, you know, sipping their mulled wine. And someone said, could this be any more huga? And one of the women in the group said, yes, if there was a storm raging outside. And I thought, yeah, as Canadians, I get that. I, I remember actually, um, I, I have a friend, um, she used to have a cottage and we would go there in the winter and we'd go snowshoeing. Uh, we'd go out snowshoeing for the day and then we'd come back and we'd be so cozy in the evening. And I think definitely it was that huga feeling. And you can experience this even by yourself. You know, you wrap up you know, cozy up by the fire um, or on your couch with a blanket and curl up with a good book. That can be a very hygge feeling. Um, oftentimes they say it is with other people. And so he gives some tips for creating this hygge lifestyle. And I love the idea too that actually the word hygge is derived from the word hug um, or the word embrace. So there is this other word that was H-U-G-G-E, which means to embrace. So just imagine creating this environment that just feels like a hug. So the way you can create huga is um, a few things is, you know, have candles, have uh, cozy blankets. They talk a lot about woolen socks. They, they also say that... Um, Danes will often have, they even have a name for a pair of pants that you wear that, that are really cozy that you wouldn't necessarily wear outside, but you'd wear them at home and they're like your cozy pants that you wear. Um, and they're like your, your hygge pants, um, you know, warm, cozy sweaters and warm drinks, uh, good food, like comfort food, hearty food. Uh, good friends or family. And um, they also say they like to eat like sweets and cakes. So, you know, and maybe mulled wine. So there's all these things that they do. But again, they say it's not really the things, it's the feeling that you get. And when they have these gatherings, they say it's really not about being formal. It's it's that, you know, people are, it's equal, like a potluck would be something that would be a, a huga kind of thing to do, um, like a game night with your friends where you're sitting around and they say it's definitely like it's not a time when people are bragging about their accomplishments or people are talking about politics. It's, you know, drama free. It's about harmony and comfort and gratitude and equality and just this feeling, this feeling of togetherness. And it's very peaceful feeling and very safe and familiar. That's what they're really looking at. It's warm, safe, and cozy. So anything that creates that kind of feeling. And so there's a few things like they say, definitely candles are huge. Like each Dane burns a ridiculous amount of candle wax a year. They say it's more than any other place in the world. Each Dane burns six kilos of candle wax per year. Like that's just wild to me. So when you're looking to create this 
Huga environment, it's thinking about the senses. So what are you tasting? What are you hearing? What are you smelling? How are you feeling? What are you seeing? So you might be tasting something familiar or sweet or comforting. You might be hearing the fire crackling or the stew boiling or the wind blowing outside. You'd maybe be smelling the food that's being cooked, this you know comfort food. And the feeling that you get, it's that feeling of safety and warmth, hominess, coziness. And if you're thinking about the sense of sight, what are you seeing? You're seeing, you know, low light, maybe a fire crackling. You're, see- you're seeing the fireplace. Um, you're seeing the fire burning or you're seeing the candles flickering. Or, you know, if you don't have, if you can't have fire, you know, open candles. Uh, It could be electric candles that cast that glow or even those little, you know, fairy twinkle lights. Uh, Light is really, really important, kind of that. So fluorescent life would, fluorescent light would definitely not be um, a very huga thing. So more like diffused light. So I love this idea of adopting a huga lifestyle. And maybe that could be your theme, right? For this winter is to have a, a huga winter and keep in mind the whole getting outdoors. It feels even cozier, right? When we come in. So definitely adding in that, you know, the getting outdoors actually can add to that. So, so when I talk about the huga lifestyle, it's not about being inside all the time. It's kind of that still having that outdoor lifestyle. And one of the things, another kind of cool concept that goes with tip number one, that getting outdoors, and it's from another Scandinavian country that ranks really high on the World Happiness Report. It's Norway. They rank number seven. And Norwegians have a term. uh, It's called freeluftsliv. And it stands for this whole idea of an outdoor lifestyle. And it's their kind of this philosophy, this way of life, this commitment to celebrating and spending time outdoors, regardless of your age or your physical ability, that you um, enjoy the outdoors. And they say it's also like regardless of the season or the weather forecast. And so they are a country, they are known for their cross-country skiing. Uh, people in Norway love to hike, love to be outdoors. They actually have kindergarten classes. There's, there are some um, outdoor uh, kindergartens that uh, where 80% of their time is spent outdoors. They have um, libraries that rent outdoor gear. I think that's such a brilliant idea. And you can actually get a degree in this free loves live concept, this outdoor lifestyle concept. Uh, you can get a degree in it. So it's really cool. And think about too, like when you're outside, usually you're gonna, you know, you're going to be with other people, engaging in some sort of winter activity, whether it's walking or hiking or skiing. Um, you're going to be in nature, which the research shows nature has all kinds of benefits. So not just the sunlight or the daylight, but just spending time in nature is really good for our bodies. And as humans, we're hardwired to love and enjoy nature. And um, there's also, I should do a whole episode on nature and all the benefits of being in nature. It's amazing. So those are the six tips. So one is get outdoors. 
Two is that daily physical activity or movement. Three is getting regular sleep, not too much sleep, but seven to eight hours ideally. Four is inviting more fun into your life during the winter. Five is making sure you're spending time with others. And six is adopting a huga, adopting a huga lifestyle. And if there's any Danish people listening or Norwegian people listening, I am sorry if I am not saying these words exactly correctly. Uh, this is my understanding of what the pronunciations are. So I wish you all well with embracing this winter. I invite you to, even though you might be rolling your eyes, to really think about like, even if you just try one of these six things and really make a commitment to that this winter. But I really encourage you to try out all six of the tips that I've shared here today so that you can really flourish and enjoy your winter. Because life is short. And why just say, you know, wait out the winter, right? It's especially if you're Canadian and the winters are long, like it's a big part of the year. So rather than wishing it away um, and, you know, praying for an early spring or summer, really embrace and enjoy those winter months. And I would love to hear how it goes for you. So send me a message on, maybe DM me on Instagram. I'm underscore Brenda Jasmine. And let me know how it's going for you with embracing this winter lifestyle. Thanks so much for listening. And I hope you have a fantastic winter and a great day. Thanks for listening to the She Flourishes podcast. I hope this episode has inspired you to keep on creating the flourishing life you deserve. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend who would benefit from it. And remember to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you're listening. To learn more about how you can live a flourishing life, head over to brendajasmine.com or follow me on Instagram at underscore brendajasmine. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. In the meantime, keep on sharing your gifts with the world. See you soon.